0: Rugby on the Roar. Hi everyone, Brett McKay from the Raw Rugby Podcast here again, and Harry Jones and I will be back next week with our 50th episode of the Weekly Pods. And suddenly, the first games of Super Rugby Pacific for 2023 are only a week away. But until then, the Roar's rugby editor, Christy Doran, has continued his series of pre season chats, working his way around the Australian Super Rugby Pacific franchises for a conversation with their respective head coaches. If you've not checked them out already, make sure you go back and check out the great chats with Kevin Foote, Darren Coleman and Stephen Larkham. The aim of these chats being to bring us all a bit closer to the Super Rugby teams and try and gain a unique insight into who these coaches are. You're in for another dose of all of that in this next chat and we obviously hope you enjoy them as we gear up for the start of Super Rugby Pacific. So with thanks to the Raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, here's Christy Doran with the latest edition of his pre-season chats with Queensland Reds head coach... Brad Thorne. Rugby on the Raw.
1: Hello, and welcome to this special edition of the Raw Rugby Podcast. I'm Christy Doran, and we've now been through three of the super rugby coaches. And the next man that joins me is Brad Thorne, who is the longest serving Australian super rugby coach. Five years is in the bank. Brad, can you believe how quickly it's gone? Because it wasn't that long ago. In 2017, that that you uh walked into Ballymore as the head coach, and that was a pretty rapid ascension to the role as well.
2: Yeah, I came back from uh playing, and um I've been playing for so long, like 21, 22 years. And Brisbane's I'm from New Zealand, but Brisbane's my home. It's where I've grown up since I was nine years old. So I wanted to come back to Brisbane, and there was an opportunity at Queensland Reds to to coach. Uh, on the 20s at the club and worked with the academy and I thought you know um shortly after all my years I, I'm capable of doing that and I thought that was a good sort of thing to come back to and I thought yeah, I'll do a couple of years um and um you know come back and do something that I, that, you, know, I know, you know I've been entrenched in I know about and, and then maybe you know um, sort of get a feel for things and and get into the next stage in my life, what I was gonna do. And what happened was uh, you know, I did the twenties, I was part of the NRC and I was doing this going to schools and doing all that sort of stuff at the academy and it um progressed into head coaching head coaching and um um you know I had to learn fast and uh it's definitely two sides of the game, you know, where you're where you're a player and, and um sorry, you know being being a coach and uh, all that goes into that. And as you said, um it's it's been uh five years has gone really quickly. Uh you know, you see guys who you coached in the twenties who are like 17 and 18, uh and now, you know, mid-twenties. Uh you see your kids who were yeah you know, at the start of high school, now you know, two of them have finished high school. And you sort of, uh, you know, it's, it's like you're trying to, uh, you're just aware of how time, how quick time goes. And, and it's precious, especially with your family and that. And, but yeah, it's been, it's been, uh,
1: it's gone quick. Pre- Did you really only think that you'd be doing this for a couple of years?
2: I wasn't sure, mate. You know, I went into my first year. I didn't know if I'd win one game, let alone six, but. I was at the club and the club was uh, sort of how would you say battling um in many different fronts and yeah there was uh for me at the club the two years had come up and I was time to do something or like to go and do something else somewhere or to to uh contribute, you know, to step up and uh so I stepped up because if you know me as a player, I've always loved the challenge. That's why I went back to New Zealand to do rugby. Um, that's why I've done different things, you know. So I've always been up for a challenge. Um and um I had a real connection with the club in those two years. I, I love people, so it doesn't take me long to get connected. And um I saw this young talent and I watch. I grew up in Queensland since 1984. I'm, I used to watch the Reds, and I used to love you know, Michael Lana and all these different guys. And there was this area sh- of sh- time and period of strength over about 30 years, and it started in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Sort of. And um, I thought that was a it, it just been long time for us, you know, 15, 20 odd years, and. It was okay like uh i thought that was a really good you know, uh, you know goal or something to, to to go for to bring strength back points and rugby and be part of it and so yeah like i said i stepped up and um, you know so like uh a, a baby in the pool and it's going to swim you know i just.
1: <laughs> Hopefully you don't do that anytime. soon. No, no, but <laughs> what I mean
2: is yeah, I just had to learn fast. Very similar, actually, to when I went to rugby, from League. and I went straight into super rugby with about a month, two months training. And It was, uh, you know, you just learning. You have to learn fast. You have to learn on the run. And, um, yeah, my, I just, anything that I thought was good, I just, I had like a bucket. There was, it was, I pour it, pour, try to pour it in, you know, and in the meantime, you know, like I said, learn, um, around the role and, uh, there's different ways of doing it, then you got to, they are doing apprenticeship and, or a degree or something, and you, you go through the, uh, learnings and, um, build into something, or you just throw someone straight in. <laughs> And good luck, you know. <laughs> you know, that's how it was for me. And uh like I said, it was the same with rugby and those doing it that way is pretty humbling. Um and it tests you, your character, and, and you uh, you have you have a lot of times where you're lying there at maybe three a.m. in the morning thinking, What the heck am I doing? or, or you know, why why am I doing this? But uh yeah, you know, if you persevere and stay humble, work hard, and if you actually care, genuinely care and committed, often you can get uh, you know a positive sort of result. That's the I thing.
1: What have you found more challenging going into the the coaching realm um, or, or playing? Because as you say, you made the switch from rugby to rugby league. No ease in feet, particularly as a forward. You don't see it very often, do you? So. Is it, was it coaching though that was more difficult? Yeah, another whole nother level. Yeah. When
2: I talk about the kind of rugby, sometimes I'll go, and um, the speaking things or whatever, I get introduced and they say, oh, i went from league to union, back to union, back to league, league, league back, ah, uh, sorry. Yeah. League back to union again. And sometimes it's just people say it easily off their tongue. It was hard, it was brutal. Um, it was until I did my coaching as the hardest thing I've done in my life. People, you know, you go over there and um, uh, and it went well, you know, but it was tough, like I said. There's a lot of times I wake up, you know, initially I was probably the last to be at training and the first to leave. That's if you think about me, that's not really how I roll, you know, but I was, wasn't enjoying it and, and you know, um, I was finding out hard work and, coming from being in my prime and lead very humbly. And you know. there's actually my brother that gave me a word, when I came back after the first Super Rugby season when I was hurting. I just started dating my girlfriend, who's my wife, my, my you know, mother of my four kids. Um, and uh, she stayed in Australia. She was working and I was in New Zealand. You know, so I was away from her as well. and. Uh, he just said, if you're going to be there away from your lady, you're going to, you know, you're getting paid quarter of what you were on lead, You know, I wasn't on a window. A lot of contract tellers <laughs> like I had to pay my dues. And, you know, you're going to have people critiquing you and all this stuff. All that it is, just give it your best shot. Go back and, um, and, uh, and then walk away knowing you're going the best. It was a good little wake up for me. Thanks from my brother giving a chat when things supposed to hurt You and, and I went back and did the NPC. They moved me from number eight, which is just a crazy place to start singing in maybe, you know, because it's the link between the Fords and the with the hard act. So me I was more of a natural player. And, but they moved me into walk from the NPC and, um, Well yeah, my attitude was strengthened, like I said from that chat. Threw everything at it, and I—I uh, uh, th- found out I started to enjoy the game. I was started to play the game well, and I started to really enjoy New Zealand.
1: And Is this what two
2: thousand or... and two yeah. or two thousand and one? And then, I—I um, actually had a year's break, uh, and then I—I um, I got married. I travelled. I did stuff like that still like a halfway break in my career I've had about uh, 24 in about eight or nine years and then the break and uh came back in 03 and um you know had a really good time with the Crusaders in that And um, but that was the rugby thing and that that was that was tough uh the the head coaching was um to so many more angles you know as a player you're just trying to learn the game and play and it was tough you know as a younger guy but as a coach you know there's um you know there's this other team which is your staff and um and, and you're coaching the players and you've got um you know the board, you've got the media you've got um you know you know different angles here you are um, like the centre point of so many different things. Um, you know, you got um, sponsors function and functioning and you become like a man of many um, trades or things. So, uh, and because the it wasn't like the place was pumping when I took the job. You know, it was, it was sort of a tough time. we winning three and four games a year, and um, you know, there was some tough some decisions to be made. And uh, it was a lot, you know, for, as a Christian, yeah, I thank God for, for the strength of getting through those, um, those times, because on this other side of that, which I haven't talked about, is you've got your family, and in my opinion, that's the number one job you know, as a man or any, as a woman, you know, anyway. Um, so I got four kids, you know, um and three were born under the age of three, but we're very tight family. Traveled with one of Japan, Ireland, England, playing rugby, def- they're with me everywhere. Never left and always had them with me. And um you're trying to um give you know four kids quality time. My wife's my best friend, trying to um you know. Time um, and when you're, if you're feeling pressure, um, you're trying to not bring that home. You know what I mean? You, you've had your work time, but um, you know your, your kids and and they've got you know they're playing all their sports and there's drop-offs and pickups and all this sort of stuff. Oh, it probably doesn't sound very interesting, but um, at the same time, that that's probably one of the big challenges. Is I think there's definitely times where I don't know for me where I. You have these guilty moments where you feel like maybe uh, you haven't done that job as best you can because you've been tired or you're feeling a bit stressed or, you know, Well, I imagine every parent, you know, um, has the same sort of feelings from time to time. But because the, the most important thing you give your children, in my opinion, is actual time, you know, and, um, when you got four of them, you know, it's uh, it gets pretty busy. So, yeah.
1: It's interesting you say that because it was only a week ago or so that I was speaking to Stephen Larkin and he was mentioning about the fact that it's, it's difficult to prioritize your wife, your children to, to not take the troubles home Mm -hmm. with you. And then, you know, you said beforehand that occasionally waking up at 3 Mm a.m. Is, is that a, was that a thing that has happened in the past a lot or Mm -hmm. was it something that you try to, deal with better now that you've been an experienced coach for five, six years?
2: I don't fight it. I used to wake up. So sometimes you wake up, for me, I I love thinking at that time because it's a quiet time and I was a bit of a quieter kid growing up. I only had a brother and and, um, so I used to like a bit of quiet time as well as back around my mates and with a family of four kids, 3am is actually nice sort of time. And I've always enjoyed thinking about. You know, when I was a player or what I was gonna do in the gym or what I want to be here or this goal or that or you know, or you're just thinking all sorts of things about you know, family, what you want to achieve, or whatever. Um the time where it's not as fun as when you're waking up and you're just stressing and worrying about stuff. that's is the difference between those two, you know, you're feeling pressure and but I've never really been against that sort of time. Some people are like, Oh, I need to get back to sleep and whatever, I just enjoy it and If I lie there for an hour thinking, I'd lie there for an hour thinking, or an hour and a half or whatever. When I'm ready to go to sleep, I'll go to sleep, you know. But um um, yeah, the thing I feel Christy is like you got um got this time, very aware of the time because it goes. And if you you know, you hear about people on their deathbed and people have been successful in business, whatever, they don't ask, you know say regrets around money or i think they save time with their family and and i just know that this time you get it once and then it's gone you know so you go and watch your son play footy or you get make sure you have a birthday or you're just having those walks in the evening i'll walk with my dog like we're going to family dog that we all love uh, with my kids you know Um, all those things are super important so, you know, I'm probably more aware too, because my dad died when I was 19. And, you know, he spent a lot of time on us, it. very blessed to have a, just a childhood father and my brother. And um, and, um, you know, but then he was gone, you know, um, and, uh, I know that those it was quite, I was almost about 10, 20, but I know that off well, the time was so important, you know, you know um, the impact he had on me and my brother um just around being and man like just just showing love and all the you know walking the dog with him and all the chats and and my, and my mum as well so so yeah my what i'm talking about is not um it's people listening it's not just head coaches that, i'm sure everyone uh you know it's the same thing you know but yeah my my saying at the club you know, like I said, I've been in for five years, family comes first. So if there's something, you go to it, you know, if it's a player, if it's a staff, you know, and, uh, the family is priority. So uh, probably the biggest the, the example, and one example might be, you know, slips when he was at the club, you know, his mum was, was uh, going, uh, she, I think she was back with his, possibly uh, some cancer, and I see you don't have to come in at all, period. At this time, you know, uh, because that's your priority, your, your parents and your family, you know, and he uh, and like coming in because it's, you know, obviously that's your job and uh, it's your as yeah. well. it's, but yeah, that, that's a good thing. And sometimes, uh, you know, I say it to remind to myself too. You know, you know when you can be saying, "Oh, but something like that." Family's first. You know, but you might sometimes it's actually a good little message to yourself as well. Don't get too wrapped up um, and stuff, and, and keep your balance. And, and yeah, you know, um, so
1: you've had to make a few big decisions throughout your coaching career certainly made a, a number of big ones as a player between switching between codes the big ones as a, as a head coach they can't come easy and there's is talk from the media around is it a good thing a bad thing There's talk from the players probably there's there's the family aspect how have you how have you reconciled by making big decisions because from quad cooper departing to others like carmichael hunt you, you mentioned james slipper just before I dare say it's not easy and you don't necessarily take huge amounts of enjoyment in in farewelling plays that might have been at the the Reds for quite a while.
2: I I hate it. (laughs) I hate making tough decisions. Um, But I've always just gone, um, you know, I've taken on this role as a head coach. You know, you have a role to play there. You're not allowed to do um, you know so those decisions that that um need to be made and, and don't be the head coach so um, you know the last thing you want to do is i'm not i'm someone who doesn't like drama I like, it's just quietly really how to do my stuff i don't like you know you know that saying um, is he saying if you want to be popular sell ice creams <laughs> don't be a head coach no i prefer just to do the popular things where you, know, yeah. you even sit you know every week uh in a way you can be the bad guy because you're telling some players, some players not everyone can play so you just gotta you know that's it's an ongoing thing it's something you don't have to worry about as a player as a player you just want to play i guess i was fortunate most of the time i was i was playing we're nice so uh it's um yeah it's it's a solid part of that because you 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 care you have compassion and um you know it's not fun is it it's not the fun thing the fun thing is like get a a guy debuting or or the guy's reached uh you know he's played 50 games or you know guy, some guy, guys play really well and, and they're, they're the cool stuff but like i said you know um, with leadership you know it's you, you have to make decisions what it feels right for the farm and do a lot of due diligence around that have you
1: have you questioned those decisions over the years as you've become more experienced or you know hindsight's a great thing isn't it at times but
2: there, there, there needed to be change at the front the thing i think about those decisions was probably at least the experience i had to make probably my hardest decisions you know five years on I've been so much probably better I, i have more experience you know, at my least experience, I had to make some tough calls. Yeah, but the club had been battling for about five years. Like I said, um, the club's the health of the club. Like, um, you know, like, was it a bad way? Millions of
1: dollars. Yeah, yeah.
2: it was a tough going at the joint. Like I said, I needed to, to contribute. Get go something else in my life. So. I guess for the club to bring me on, um, I, just, I think you know, I saw some positive stuff. Like, you know, to, to be in that situation to bring me on, probably showed it, it, was, it was sort of lean times, you know. So yeah, there needed to be change with the the drugs and stuff. Like I've got four kids in my own. And we, with a QRU, we over uh, all the kids and regular stuff. And I know they call it, uh, you know, the, what do they call it? What's the term they call for those drugs? Recreation. Recreational drugs. You know, which I think, and I know it's rampant in society and stuff, me, but I think it um, causes I was known for society and, you know, I, I thought I had to make plays here, so, um, you know, aside from that, I don't know if you know this, I spoke to you before, but my wife's my dog was here when I went down the street and he actually did time and all sorts of stuff. He actually passed away back in 2004. He came, actually got to a really good space but there's been an impact in my friend my family it's ruined half of his life you know we started off with space yeah so i've seen what that sort of stuff can do. And the roller on them so i had to take a stand on this stuff it's mm-hmm. especially all you know, the uh, the cool thing though was you know you had the media around that at the time but it was pretty cool having parents with kids playing rugby um if i did a fun you know them things saying so appreciate you know, making a stand on it with, with, with the kids that was yeah, little neat moments as far as not the main moments, but uh, you yeah, don't always get a lot of. Pats from the back. No, right? It can yeah. be pretty uh, interesting.
1: So. It's amazing how past experiences shape who you are. And I think that's probably what we've heard there. There's been a lot of joy as well with the Queensland Reds over the last few years, and you've been at the forefront of rebuilding the the Reds and the franchise from where it was. 2020 is a a big one with Queensland Reds making the final, and then a year later, in the Super Rugby AU final, 42,000 people at at Suncorp Stadium, and the scenes of jubilation and excitement from guys that had come through the junior wallabies 2021-22, right at the forefront of that. And a tough couple of stints off the back of it with, across the, the Tasman against New Zealand sides. Would, have you done anything different after, after the celebrations of that great night on a, on a Saturday and then enjoying that and then pretty quickly having a six-day turnaround against a, a New Zealand side that you used to play against?
2: I think um, that situation, I not think I'd change that because being a player just for our group, so, you know, to build to that space, there needed to be something and just be just nothing. And then, oh, next week, mm. um, you know, there needed to be some sort of, I feel a release and, and just in taking a moment to enjoy it. Yes So a, a lot of times in my own career, when a super rugby, the next day, I'm all black camp. That's like, oh, uh, you know, I won a World Cup. A week later, I was in Japan. Uh, two weeks later, I was, 14 days later, I was playing and lost in a game in Japan. I just won a World Cup, you know. That's something I've always, um know. Yeah, you win grand final on league. You now I won the Super League in 97 on the Sunday, I think it was, on the Friday of New Zealand, playing the New Zealand's, think we lost. So you got to... So, you know, sometimes in those things you go, why the heck do I even this? <laughs> you know, like you want to have some sort of uh, acknowledgement, yeah. and um, that was big for our group. And you know, that was that was tough to uh, to front the next week, um, but there needed to be something. If there was nothing, I just think. There needs to be something. You know, you're not robots. You know, maybe that was uh on on the the following Friday night or whatever it was or Sunday. You know, that was that was a big goal for the group. We'd been the last in Australia. You know, we were wanted um so there's a big goal, you know. We come first year before, and um, uh, so yeah. The what came after that was those New Zealand games, and um, uh, I think the Crusaders smashed us at home, and we also I think the had Chiefs went down by five or seven points against the Blues. Um yeah, you know, we we performed reasonably. Well. Um,
1: Comparatively to the other teams, but yeah. 2022 would have been a pretty difficult season for probably a different way as well. Um, Bit of off field chat, guys coming in and out, some experienced guys as well Mm -hmm. with 40, 50, 60 Super Rugby caps. Do you feel like it was just as difficult as the first year in some ways, or do you feel like the progression was there, even though against New Zealand franchises it might not have had the same success that you, you might have hoped for.
2: But well, yeah, obviously the success of one as wins, yeah. <laughs> um, but we were definitely com- more competitive last year. There was improvement, but I mean, uh, you know, we, we got to win the year before we didn't get in last year. the uh, first three games, you know, we're, we're in those games, um, we're the lead in it half time or I think we're equal for two whatever yeah you know, they were close games. Uh the Hurricanes game they they came back there. Um you know if you look at us uh we're obliterated against the blues uh with sickness and, and whatever but uh you know the cut the last couple of games in Christchurch, uh they yeah, get into the quarter final the guys wish them they were you know, 20 to go, 25 to go, there's a point in it, you know, so, um, but you don't have the wins, so no, kiss. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, did we, probably the thing I felt was, yeah, did we, you know, reach getting our potential? I thought we were a, 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 bit, a bit off that, I mean, that's our challenge for this year is um, you know to to uh, to be the t- team we can be you know there's I think uh as I said we're in those games but those last 20 a lot of teams are in games aren't they and those last 20 30 minutes is often what what matters the good teams and they're not so good um and that that mindset and um yeah that's our challenge this year, I think
1: you're excited by the year yeah, yeah, uh, they come uh, up quickly.
2: Yeah, it comes around and, uh, you know, it's an exciting year for, if you think of the Australian rugby, like you've got this World Cup. And so for all the players around Australia, they'll be trying to put their boss there for them. And it's going change there, obviously at the top. And, and so um, you have got this, this Super Rugby competition uh, and it's a good one. And for the first time, they're going to be playing we are not, mm-hmm. teams, not just our town up there and uh and then you know what's to come after that you know everyone every player pushes to go to that next level and so i'm sure there's plenty aspirational players around there and for me uh just for you know for me it's just around queensland obviously i want australia to do well but um you know we're, we're excited about um you know the opportunity for us you know.
1: Well, just about, you know, different coaching structure, a lot of experience in the coaching group at the moment. But you've probably got decisions to make at some point as well as to whether or not you want to keep coaching. And I know you spoke about your family and the importance of that. Do you, do you feel like at some point, maybe you might not necessarily completely step away from the game, but take a side step and come back like you, you did during your playing days?
2: Could easily do that. Yeah, um, you know, um, uh, like I said, I've done five years, this will be six years. I think it's like makes me I think it would makes me like the fourth longest serving coach in 140 years. So it just does, doesn't doesn't tell you about coaching. <laughs> it's um it's an interesting job, isn't it? So um yeah, my goals were probably um, like when I was playing, but to leave hopefully contribute to the place, serve serve the places much as I can and either leave, leave it in a better place um or take it through, you know. Either way, uh two positive things. I feel like we are in a better space than we were in two eighteen or whatever. That's good. I can move on happily and, and you we know, wish the next go well or whatever, and, or you know, hopefully, uh, this was some good result this year. And it's something that I'm not like, my main thing has just been around preparing the, the team. but I guess there's some stage, you know, there's that time where uh, I'll be in, I guess the club, you know, and myself feeling like a surgery on that. Yeah. So, but it's, it's, uh, like I said, it's, um. It's gone fast and, uh, I know I've given it my, my guts and, you know, it might be, you know, where I go, oh yeah, I want to, the club wants to, and I want to take this forward or, mm-hmm. um, or it could be, you know, just go, you know, it's been a good space. And...
1: Why did you choose, um, to coach in rugby rather than rugby league? Yeah. Probably
2: just because, um, of. of my last time in the league was in 2007. if you think about that I, i'm still playing 215 so you're talking about still
1: winning in 215.
2: yeah <laughs> two, two another eight years of rugby and i've had pretty much equal about 11 years maybe 11, 11 years in rugby 10 10 years there might be like, i think there's about eight games difference 200 and something, 47, 238, or something around there in each game, you know? So, uh, I got to, it was so cool, you know, I was so fortunate, thank God, you know, I got to almost cheat a little bit, but I got to experience two careers, you know, you know, like, uh, usually someone has that sort of, that's their career. I got to, fortunate through, um, you know, injury and stuff like that, um, got to have these, uh, two opportunities, you know, but it flowed naturally from rugby. I mean, um, they, they uh, yeah, you bring up an uh, interesting point. I mean, I, I'm still a passionate um, league, man. You know, I you know, Bonco and, uh, you know, uh, cheering for Kenny and I've got all my friends in the league and you know, it's really good to see them they keep an interest in the game, you know, so. Uh, but you yeah, it just naturally f- uh, flowed from rugby, you know, being entrenched in it. I, it was like when I was overseas, uh, Japan and all, England, New Zealand, all this time. It's almost when I came back, it was nice to see league people again because it almost—it's like it almost felt like it didn't happen. You know what I mean? Because a solid chance in rugby, and these countries around the world that don't really have league you know, mm. and. And come back and then you go to a few functions and talk those old boys or something like that. It was really nice. And, and just and just the friendships and I remind you of special sort of times you had, you know.
1: I'm curious, a uh, big talking point at the moment in, in rugby and probably because Wayne Smith said he'd like to get rid of the rolling more. You're a bloke who played in the second row and a big unit yourself. Those intricacies and the differences between rugby and rugby league. Do you like the fact that the rolling moors are a part of rugby? And do you think it adds to the game?
2: Yeah, I guess saying it's a part of the game. I hear what he's saying, but it's got a uniqueness. So like if you take away the moor and the scrum and the line out and, you know, you might as well make it 10 minutes back, you got leave, you know? So um, they were the, everyone goes, this is interesting you brought that up because everyone goes, oh, if you went from leave to the union, blah, blah, blah. Um, and all oh, the games are getting more similar now and it's like, they're light years apart as a forward. Like there's breakdown line outs, we, we don't so what we don't have anything like a league, right? Breakdown line outs, uh, one of the hardest ones kick off receipts. So a fullback gets to jump in the air and take a catch. And, uh, catching a kickoff, you've got a position where two guys are going to lift you. You've got to guess where the ball is about three meters in the air and catch it above your head like an AFL player, you know? Um, You've got, uh, you know, you're scrummaging, you've got, um, I think I've already said, the more, um, you know, there's so many uh, differences from league. And, you know, for me, like I said, with my coaching, I had to learn fast and a lot of what I, how I learned was I just watched the good players around me. I just watched, I listened, I learned. And um, I just felt, got a feel for start from you know, and um you know, over time, the big, the, the hardest, the thing that it needs to become is instinctive. If you have to think and then do, you're behind the play. It's already happened. You have to continue, repeat, repeat, repeat. um, so it becomes instinctive. You see, you do, boom, now, when you can do that, then you become a rugby player, you know what I mean? Uh, and it just takes time and perseverance and, and sorry if I've gone off track, but you know, I go and, uh, my cousin was an accountant in my first year and we'd meet at lunchtime in Pegley park and Christchurch and I get him to call like 250, line-out calls. so I just get used to just moving. Just have to do stuff over and over again. I'll be in my in my lounge room, carpet, practice some things, and so I'll probably go off track here.
1: It's fascinating insight. I know that your coaching team is assembled already, and they're probably chewing the fatter over a coffee. But appreciate your time today, and all the best for the season, whether or not it's the first or your last. Yeah. Um, who knows? But it'll be a, it'll be a good ride. So thank you. Yeah,
2: no, appreciate your time. Thank you, Chris.